Get on Team Shaq with WinBet. We're playing parlays, boosting odds, and laying the wildest prop bets. Don't miss another game. Download the WinBet sports betting app today. Sign up today and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 first-time wager on a straight better parlay. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And welcome to the Fitz on Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Fitzmorris. I write and do player rankings for thefootballgirl.com. I am doing a weekly waiver wire column this season for CBS Sportsline. And you can find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. Hey, it's Thanksgiving week. So first of all, I want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you are going to be traveling this week. And if that's the case... I hope you have a safe and smooth trip. And speaking of travel, uh, look, I know all of you have different podcast listening habits. Some of you listen at work. Some of you listen at home. Some of you listen while you're running or working out at the gym. But I'm sincerely hoping that at least one person in this week's audience is listening as they drive long distance to see family for Thanksgiving. I'm not sure I can articulate exactly why I hope that's the case, but it would just do my heart good to know that I was helping to keep someone company on their Thanksgiving travels. Now, it's at this point I should probably beg you to rate and review this podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. It really helps me out. It helps out the pod. But if you are in the car, please don't rate and review the podcast while you're driving. State troopers tend to frown upon that sort of thing. Anyway... Uh, My guest this week is Hussein Shabazz of SleeperWire.com and the SleeperWire podcast. You might know him better as Hoos the Prophet. Find him on Twitter at SleeperWireHoos. That's SleeperWire H-U-S. But before I get to Hoos, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I want to rattle off a brief list of some of the things related to fantasy football that I'm thankful for. And I'll keep this brief. Uh, First and foremost, I am thankful to the NFL players who put their bodies at risk every week to entertain us. I think that most of us appreciate what they do, and hopefully this audience does not include anyone who's ever tweeted their displeasure at an NFL player who somehow failed their fantasy team. I know all of you are above that sort of thing, and if you're not, for God's sake, man, get a fucking grip. Uh, I'm very thankful to all the commissioners out there, you sacrifice time and effort for the good of the league. You're not thanked nearly enough by your owners, I'm sure. Uh, there's a lot of bullshit you have to put up with. So thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Commissioner. Your work helps us indulge in this silly but fun little game. You are appreciated. Uh, I'm thankful to all of the people who produce fantasy content for our consumption, most of whom do it for little to no money. Keep up the good work, my friends. And I'm thankful to the people in the fantasy community who also contribute to the greater good in some way. Uh, I know he's far from the only one who does, but the person who comes to mind immediately in this regard is Scott Fish of Fanball, commissioner of the famous Scott Fish Bowl League. 
it's a charity league and Scott's charity fantasy cares raises money to buy Christmas presents for underprivileged kids. So if you'd like to make a donation, you can Google fantasy cares or go directly to the Scott fishbowl website for more information. I'm thankful to the owners in all of my leagues. Maybe it's because we're all older, more mature, but there is very little interpersonal drama in my leagues, no controversy, no bitching, no ridiculously lopsided trades that people complain about, no need for veto rules. I don't need that sort of drama in my life. All the owners in my league are good guys, sporting competitors, and in the vast majority of instances, good friends I consider myself lucky to have. So thank you guys. And last but not least, I'm very thankful to all of you. Thankful for your time. Thankful for your support. Thankful that I've had the chance to interact with so many cool people on Twitter, courtesy of this little hobby we share. Life is all about making connections, and I am thankful to have connected with so many good people through fantasy football. All right, let's get on with the show. It is not every day that I get to talk to an actual prophet, but tonight I am pleased to be joined by Mr. Hussein Shabazz, better known in fantasy football circles as Hoos the Prophet. He's the co-founder of SleeperWire.com and the co-host of the outstanding SleeperWire podcast, which I have had the great honor of making a guest appearance on. Find him on Twitter at SleeperWireHoos. That's SleeperWire, H-U-S. Hoos, welcome to the guest chair. Man, it's great to be on with you, Pat. It's a great show you got here. I listen to you as, as often as I can. You always have great stuff. It's good to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here. So you and your partner in crime, Professor Chris, who, by the way, is an actual professor. He is. I am not an actual prophet, unfortunately. Uh, oh, people damn. Have me, so <laughs> unfortunately, false I get, advertising. Hoops. I get some stuff wrong sometimes, you know, not all the <laughs> times, but, but sometimes, you know. But, hey. So, yeah, you guys do a great podcast. I really enjoy talking to both of you. You certainly know your stuff. And I have to say, your app, the Sleeper app, is a pretty amazing league hosting site. Uh, you invited me to play in the Sleeper Wire Pro Am along with yourself and Chris, Justin Boone, Marcus Grant, some of your listeners. And I really dig the app. What can you tell any of our listeners who might be scouting for a new league hosting site? Man, I mean, what can't you do on this app? This app is practically, it's it was created kind of just as a fantasy community chat, you know, uh, blog as you will kind of thing. And it just kind of just the community as it grows on, the uh, Tober Pills non, um, he is... He's, he's actually the the head there and got a good team of people there that just listen to the community and they, you know, listen to us. They actually uh, change change the name uh, to to well, hang on. What was it? It was something really crummy. And I was like, no, don't do that. Blitz chat. Blitz chat. So they, they were going to change the name to, to Blitz chat. And, you know, we we're just like, look, man, this is not. I don't think this is we were already sleeper bot for for some time and then it was switching over to blitz chat and you know that's where the logo with the helmet I believe came in um and uh it you know luckily that we did that for like a few weeks 
and everyone <laughs> just went back to sleeper bot uh, and then sleeper app uh, kind of came afterwards. You know, sleeper is considered, um, I guess, a term in fantasy communities as the underdog. Uh, so hence sleeper, the underdog, while there's ESPN, there's NFL, there's Yahoo. Sleeper app is really, I think, the app that's winning you your leagues. I don't know if these other apps are winning your, you your leagues. These this sleeper app is actually pushing out notifications from everywhere. So, you know, maybe if, if Pat drops some 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 fantasy bombness, we're pushing that, and you're getting it right to your phone, even if you don't follow Pat. You know, but obviously you're going to go check the source, and then you're going to follow Pat because he's an amazing person to follow. But yeah, the app is just. Every year, it just improves, and I'm just excited to be involved uh, year after year with the developments. What can I tell you about what's going on now? Just uh, I was talking to uh, one of the um, one of the other guys on there, and he just said, "Just uh, a very successful year, doubling down on fantasy football leagues, more focus and better chat on the features uh, and UX improvements." For people who know what UX is, I don't know what UX improvements are. But <laughs> there's going to be UX improvements. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy that. So yeah, it's 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 great. It's an attractive site, and uh, yeah, really easy to use. And you know, making transactions every week, setting lineups, very smooth. So uh, every week, I like to talk to my guests about waiver wire possibilities. And normally, we do that towards the end of the show. But there's some really interesting waiver candidates this week. So I thought we'd move up waiver discussion at the top of the show this week, maybe go a little deeper on some of these guys than we normally do. Um, and the first guy I want to bring up with you is Lamar Jackson. So he makes his NFL debut on Sunday, has 27 rushing attempts, which is the most by any quarterback since someone named uh, Joe Gary, Joe Jerry in 1950. So Lamar Jackson, 117 rushing yards, less exciting as a passer, 13 of 19 for 150 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Um, I mean, this guy might just be the best pure runner we've seen at quarterback uh, ever. You know, he's certainly in the company of guys like Michael Vick and Randall Cunningham. Also happens to have a fabulous schedule over the next four weeks. Raiders, Falcons, Chiefs, Buccaneers. Uh, Now, passing side appears to be very, very limited, but... Legs like Jackson's can cover a lot of warts. So how do you feel about him going forward? I like him in Dynasty. Um, I'm not a big fan of rolling him out. I mean, quarterbacks have been so good this year. They've been amazing this year. Like, we have quarterbacks averaging 22 points, and those are the bad quarterbacks, pretty much. Those are the guys we don't even want to start, really. Um, Like Russell Wilson, you know, where, like, Russell Wilson hasn't been very good this year. But he's still averaging like 22 points. That's, you know, and the good ones, you know, the top five guys, 27 points. I don't know how good I'm going to ever feel about putting him in my lineup now that the bye weeks are kind of gone. Um, He's exciting to watch. But for fantasy football purposes, I don't know how much you're going to use him other than in like a daily or something. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, the floor has really been raised at the quarterback position when you've got the middle class right now. I mean, like Russell Wilson almost is like a middle class borderline QB one, QB two guy this year. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, and, and with his passing limitations, I mean, he's got to get that rushing yard. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I actually, you rather have him or or Josh Rosen? Oh, I th- I think Jackson. I mean, just because we have not seen the yardage upside, I think, with Rosen this week, and and plus he doesn't really do too much for you with his legs. So I I think I would definitely rather have Lamar. You know, I think. What about Lamar or Baker Mayfield? Baker, I feel like even though his schedule is kind of like the part of his schedule that we love, we're kind of moving away from it. I still like Baker. I like his confidence. I like the the change that they made. He's got a tough schedule. He's got Cincy, Houston, Carolina, and Denver. Um, then Cincy again in your uh, your finals if you get there. So I, I don't know how much. But even Baker, you know, like these are guys that I'd feel much better with Baker. Um, than I would Lamar, you know, just, just given off of, we've seen him throw touchdowns. We haven't seen Lamar throw a touchdown yet. I mean, it's been one game. I don't know how excited we can get about it. It's, it's certainly fun to watch though, for sure. Another guy quarterback who's widely available and maybe we can compare him to Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston. It seems that, uh, Dirk Cutter has quite the itchy QB finger and, uh, after Ryan Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions Sunday, in came Winston, completed 12 of 16 throws for 199 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, but the interception in his defense, pretty forgivable. It's a desperation throw in the final seconds. And now Jameis gets a pretty favorable matchup against the 49ers. What's your take on him? Love me some James. I love the the Bucks quarterback, whoever that guy is. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're almost through 400 yards again. You know, between the two guys, of course, uh, they're just throwing the ball so often. You want a piece of this pie, you, you know, a god, anyone. You know, I find starting anybody uh, in a flex capacity, of course, the heavy flex lead. I'm not putting them in my, you know, starting slot. But any of these other guys, I really love Jameson Winston, what he's able to produce for, for Brait, Cameron Brait. Obviously, OG Howard might miss some time. Uh, Godwin. Um, we haven't seen it as much for Evans, even though he, he did have – we've seen a mixed bag of him from Evans. And, you know, although Deshaun Jackson, he's kind of looked better with uh, Fitzpatrick. He's got such great weapons. Uh, this offense, they like to throw the ball so so often. Um, I for, forget who, who I heard, was listening to someone, and they were explaining how that offense is uh, tailored by – it was, it was a, it was a a phrase or um, the way they're they're playing football, they throw the ball more than I, I can't even think of it. It's 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 mind numbing right now. Air raid is it air raid, yeah, air raid. Yeah, I think it's got its origins in that kind of a college uh, college style attack. Todd Munkin is rolling out there. Yes, so that's 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 what it was. The air raid stuff. Apologies. I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's great that they're throwing so aggressively. But, um, you know, it also leads to a lot of interceptions with these guys and two guys who've kind of had a, a problem with interceptions in the past. And now you're asking them to throw even more. So you're getting more turnovers and hence these in-game QB changes. I mean, how much does that worry you? Like, yes, if you were getting the team quarterback out of these guys, you're, you're starting them every week. But if you have one, you know, we saw the risk. Like a lot of guys who started Fitzpatrick last week lost their games because Right, and this is a huge concern, but at the same time, I don't know how often they're going to go back and forth with this. I think they saw a good chunk from Fitzpatrick. They didn't really see a good chunk from Winston at all. They didn't give him a shot, I don't think. 
uh, fair one at least. Um, he had a couple games. He had that one really good game against Atlanta. Uh, Cleveland's been really good this year, you know. So yeah, he only had 19 points. He had two uh, interceptions and a fumble against Cleveland, uh, but they've been really good. And he almost threw up 400 yards against them. Since he's been very good, they didn't give him a shot. He threw four interceptions, but I mean, I think you got to give your quarterback time to get there and make sense of everything. I don't think they've been giving him a fair shake. Uh, and hopefully he looks ready when he came in. So hopefully he, he comes in next week and he, he holds on to the job. I really like Jameis Winston. I know he's let us down based off of his expectations. That's my thing with Jameis Winston. I've never really had high expectations for, for him. I understood somewhat the hype about around him, but I just don't like just just arbitrarily. And I don't want to say arbitrarily because it was deserved, but at the same time, I want to see it before I just say this guy is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers or the next this. or And that's what we were giving him just like a couple years ago. We were just, oh, yeah, that's you draft him as a top five quarterback. That's that's what he's going to be. No questions asked. And I don't know. We, we just haven't seen. We ha- I don't think that the coaching staff is is bought into him enough and, and give him a fair shake. And I, I really hope we, we see some consistencies from that team. Because it's we we just haven't seen it. They they don't run. They don't. I mean, but then they started running recently. It's it's been a huge mess, but also fun to watch them. Yeah, maybe this is the last ditch effort for Winston to try to convince that team that he can be their quarterback of the future. Um, Gus Edwards, who's he had seventeen carries for one hundred and fifteen yards and a touchdown against the Bengals, and these were not garbage time carries. Uh, the Ravens squeezed out a. 24-21 come from behind victory over the Bengals. Now, Edwards' college resume is pretty light. He was a uh, bit player during three seasons at the University of Miami, rushing for less than 350 yards in all three of those years. Finished his college career at Rutgers with 713 yards and six TDs in his final year. Goes undrafted. Uh, but the Ravens, you know, as as much as this guy is not a uh, real flashy prospect, the Ravens have shown a lack of faith in Alex Collins and Javorius Allen before, possibly due to fumbling issues. It just seems strange that it would be Edwards and not Ty Montgomery to me, acquired in a deadline deal with the Packers, um, that it would be Edwards to be the one staging the coup d'etat in this backfield. So we've talked about the Ravens' easy schedule in the weeks to come in regards to Lamar Jackson, um, you know, and Gus Edwards gets it too. You think this can be real or is this a mirage? Uh, I want to believe it because this is, this is kind of, he's the kind of back that I like, you know, the kind of back that is undrafted. I like the Peyton Barber kind of guys that just, you know, no one was believing in them. <laughs> you never even heard of this guy. Uh, and then, you know, people are probably just going to count him out again or just say, Oh, it was because of Jackson. You know, when Flacco's there, we're not going to see him. It's hard to to say right now, obviously. I'd love to believe that he is. He looked great. So, I mean, I, I think we can – With a, he passed the eye test. So, yes, he, he did that. But, again, as we were talking about the, the team, we, we just don't know if the coaching staff what, – what they're going to do. They're, it's, it, they're all over the place. And a bunch of coaching staff is – is I wish more coaching staff would just lean on what they have and just kind of instead of I know you got five guys you got to shift around, 
But, you know, it's just which you have the, the preseason, you got the offseason to figure all this stuff out. Uh, we change so much change in the middle of these games. Now, I know they don't care about our fantasy teams, but it's it's just such a head scratcher. Gus, you know, like, why didn't we hear about this guy before all season? Then week 10, we see him. Um, I'd love to see him more. I just don't know. I'm going to spend a couple fat bucks on him, obviously, because if he, he could turn out to be a league winner. But I, I wouldn't – I don't know how much I'd say that he's he's going to be a factor just yet. And that's mainly because of the, the – I don't know if Jackson's going to be there. If Jackson was going to be there all season, I'd want to believe in it a little bit more. So how much would you be willing to cough up? Like let's say you had sort of a uh, sketchy second running back position where you were, you know. Oh, I'm spending probably most of my fab – on on him basically uh just because it's late into the season already what what are you gonna save obviously there's malcolm browns there's spencer wares you know there's guys out there that can win you your leagues that we've seen it from that we know that they're gonna have the role but those guys are guys that i i already have on my team and they're not going to be playing week 13 they're not going to be scoring any points for you this week you know probably it's going to take an injury and edwards is maybe giving you points this week. Yeah, so that's that's where we are. I'd still rather probably rather have that lateral guy. I'd probably rather have a Malcolm Brown. Um just because at this point in the season you probably have been getting by uh without the likes of guys like Gus, you know, uh St. Bradley. <laughs> Gus Bradley. Edwards. Um, Edwards. <laughs> Edwards, Gus Bradley. Gus Edwards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's you've been getting by just fine without him. Not saying you can't pick him up, but you're probably not going to start him next week unless you just decimated. And we haven't really had that bad of a injury year. I think we've been okay. No, mercifully, it's been a pretty light year. Light year. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think I've got putting together preliminary week 12 rankings this afternoon. And um, I think I had Gus Edwards like running back 28 or so. And uh yeah, 28, 29, a couple of like two spots ahead of Alex Collins. Like I think he's he's going to be the more valuable guy in week 13, but like I'm not totally sure of it yet. Does it matter if um if if Flacco is there or not or Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I am assuming it's Lamar for one more week. I mean, I, I think Harbaugh was saying that, you know, there's very little chance that Flacco comes back this week. So, um all right, like let's let's compare him to the other guys that I want to talk about with uh on Johnson having the sprained knee and it looking very unlikely that he's going to play on the Thanksgiving day, the quick turnaround. Um, so that leaves the Detroit backfield in the hands of Theo Riddick, LeGarrett Blount, and maybe Zach Zenner. What do you think of that trio for free agency? If, if Chris was on the show, he he would already know who I'm going to talk about, and it's going to be Zach Center because he's he's one of those guys that I I don't know why I love these obscure weird guys that never get the ball, but I've been in love with Zach Center for years now, <laughs> and I, you know same with like Chris Thompson and like uh, you know all these guys that don't really do much for you, and then hopefully they do. So I'm hoping that he's one of the guys that I've been toting for years. And this would be my prophecy come correct, finally, right? <laughs> that Zach Singer 
gets the ball and probably has a good game for you, and then Carrion's going to come back and he's going to go back to the to nothing, you know, oblivion. But uh, I really like Zach Zinner. Um, I think he runs hard. I, I'd like to see him get more of opportunity, uh, but we just haven't seen it. The coaching staff doesn't believe in him. I guess there's no reason for us to. We only seen him tote the ball one one time against Chicago for 12 yards. Um, that was last week. So he's, I think he's 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 a pretty stellar back. But again, we haven't seen much of him to to believe it. And it's kind of a way, kind of a way for the Lions to, um, you know, not telegraph their offense so much with either Riddick the passing down guy or Blunt the you know early down. Thumper guy, you know, Zenner's a little bit more versatile in that he can sort of play uh, either either style. I mean, well, he's not a thumper, but, um, you know, he's definitely got a little more zip than Blount does, and he's not, you know, completely incapable of catching a pass. So, um, it, I mean, Zenner in some ways reminds me of the next guy I wanted to ask you about, Rex Burkhead, um, potentially back for the Patriots in Week 13, any interest there? Burkhead had 18 carries for 64 yards in week one. This is this is the guy that we've all been, I don't want to say we all have been, but a lot of fantasy experts, uh, air quotes or whatever, just because experts are what? Guys that just focus on it a little bit more than the other people that don't have the time to, right? Um, he, he should have a role. He should be the guy. He should be James White. He should be, you know, like, not to say James White because he is a different role, but James White has been stuck with this role. Well, and, and Sony Michelle, I don't want to say. I think he probably takes more of Sony's job away. James White will still probably be fine, but I would not be surprised at all if we just see Burkhead just take off and and take off. Yeah, that could happen. I mean, that being said, I do like James White a lot. Um, big James White fan. I've been loving him all year. Got him on so many teams. If you listen to Sleeper Wire, you've been you probably have a ton on your teams as well. Um, yeah, he's he's a great guy to, especially in the PPR leagues. I only really pay, play in PPR leagues. I know uh, Jake Seeley, we had him on our show. He always talks badly about PPR, and if you play by PPR, you should probably burn somewhere or something. He, he hates it really bad. That and kickers. <laughs> but, um, I don't know what's his deal with that. But speaking of PPR, uh, let's go to wide receiver Kiki Kuti. Hadn't played since week seven due to a hamstring injury, but he comes back to catch five of nine targets for 77 yards Sunday against the Redskins. Uh, pretty favorable remaining schedule. Titans, Browns, Colts, Jets, Eagles. And Demarius Thomas has been a virtual non-factor since coming over in the pre-deadline deal. Um, no catches, just one target for Demarius in week 11. How does Kuti look to you as a late season added receiver? Oh, Kiki, do you love him? You got to love him. You know that Drake song, right? How can you not <laughs> with this Kiki QT guy being um? He's great. I mean, he Kiki reminds me. I don't want to say he reminds me of Odell, but he reminds me of when he came. You remember when Odell came on? I think it was week four after him being hurt, and he just came on and exploded. Yeah. Kiki kind of did that same thing. <laughs> he he like did that he same thing. He was a hamstring, too. Yeah. So, I mean... I think he he's definitely a, a flex rest of the season for you, given his schedule. I think, yeah, I, I love I love having DT there too, especially because you know they they need something to zero away from. Because I don't think that uh, when QT was there just by himself, I don't want to say by himself, but 
when he was just the second guy, I don't know if that helped him as as much. I mean, he, granted, you saw Buffalo and Jacksonville those those games. Um, so that's, those are tough matchups. Dallas is even a tough ma- matchup, but he managed to do six fifty one and you know touchdown seventeen yards in a PPR. So yeah, I I really like Kiki QT. Um, if you can, if you were able to get my no trade deadlines, probably passed for most leagues. But if not, I, I think you know you still might be able to get them uh, for probably a name that you're not using as much, and you could get maybe like a QT, maybe another, maybe another guy that's uh, maybe a, a Gus Edwards if, if he continues to do well. And, and <laughs> yeah, believe, it, believe it or not, and, and he's, he's available in a lot of leagues with that hamstring thing. Like a lot of people dumped him while he was out. I think like in CBS leagues where, uh, you know, ownership of guys tends to be higher than it is even in Yahoo and ESPN. I think um, QT was still only owned in like 40, 43, 42% of leagues. That is insane. I need to be in those leagues. He's only 14% in ESPN. What the heck is going on? Would would you rather have Kuti or DJ Moore, who lit up the Lions for 157 yards and a touchdown on Sunday? Now, Moore had done this before. I mean, he teased us with 129 yards from scrimmage against the Ravens in week eight and then basically disappeared for two weeks before this week 11 eruption. So what do you think, Hoos? Would you rather have Kiki or DJ Moore the rest of the way? Definitely rather have more. He's got he's got Tampa Bay week thirteen. Uh, Cleveland's a tough matchup, but then he's got New Orleans and in your championships, he got Atlanta. So quite the schedule. It's quite the schedule. It's pretty nice. All right, who's it is Thanksgiving week. So what are your plans for Thursday and how do the NFL games fit into the day? Definitely, definitely, definitely going to be I'm not one of those people that starve myself you know like when wait till the end of the day to have i'm eating all day you know i plan on waking up so you know for my family we cook the night before you know some foods being cooked the night before so as you wake up you're waking up to, to just goodness to smells and you can just wake up and just have a spoonful of something you don't want to get full but you definitely want to have a spoonful of at least a taste of everything you know and just kind of Enjoy the football, have maybe have a beer or, you know, some eggnog, you know, if you like. Depends what you like in your cup. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the best pastimes. Going to be around a, a bunch of family. It was going to go to New York, actually. And I'm glad um, my wife said we didn't have to do that because <laughs> that would have been brutal. Uh, so glad we're staying here, uh, staying here in the palm trees and going to go over to my mom's house and have some good old eats. Now I became a a like a not a vegan but a pescatarian like a couple years ago. So no more turkey for me, unfortunately. And there's like ribs, all this other good stuff that probably not going to be able to indulge in. But give me the sweets. Give give me all the fat boy food. I will love it. I will take it. And yes, it's it's going to be a fabulous day. Yeah. What kind of pie are, are we talking? Oh, pecan. Give me some cheesecake, definitely some pumpkin, some apple, uh, some key lime. What else kind of pies are there? Any pie, it it fits in front of me. I'm going to dip a spoon in it. (laughs) What about? What about? Not have a whole slice. I'm going to have a spoon, though. The the small spoons, you know, those little, the small spoons, not the regular size spoons, just the small ones. I like those spoons. 
Now, what about the what about non traditional stuff in your family? Is is there anything that uh, you know outside of the normal Thanksgiving hierarchy, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing? Is there anything that you guys have that's like unique to your family? Something that always I make a pretty bomb mac and cheese, like a baked one. I make a pretty good one. You know, every year I want to experiment and do stuff with it, but everyone tells me no because it's so good as is. So maybe I'll make a normal one and then maybe I'll try to make like a lobster one. That'll be that. So um, that's that's one of my faves and that's one of my family faves. Other than that, we do the typical, you know, you know, mashed gravy. I love me some gravy. Who doesn't love gravy? You know, uh, isn't gravy just like pure fat pretty much? Pretty much. Who's you had me at the the lobster mac and cheese, man. I'm coming down to Florida. <laughs> I mean, screw this. We got snow in the oh, ground come on here down, in Chicago. Man. So <laughs> that's it. Come I'm packing my bags. Oof, it's going to be some good stuff. All right. Since we're talking about Thanksgiving, we should talk about the Thursday slate of games. So one of the nice things about this podcast coming out relatively early in the week is that most of the people listening to it are probably doing so before the Thursday games. And, uh, if you're not, and if you're listening on Friday or Saturday and one of us says something that proved to be remarkably un- untrue and stupid, try to forgive us. But uh, <laughs> let's start with the Bears and Lions. And who's, I want to play a little game with you. So for each of these three Thanksgiving Day games, I'm going to give you a player prop, setting an over-under on fantasy points, and you give me your call. Okay? All right. So for Bears and Lions, let's set a player prop for Matthew Stafford. Um Eight Thanksgiving Day games in his career, Stafford has averaged 308.6 passing yards with 17 touchdown passes, which works out to 2.1 a game, and 10 interceptions, one and a quarter a game. But over the last six Thanksgiving Day games, so his first two Thanksgiving Day games were disasters, both against the Packers, and he had two touchdown passes and seven interceptions in those two games. But over his last... Yeah. Over his last six, though, 330 yards per game, 15 TDs, which is two and a half a game, and just three interceptions. So, unfortunately, he has got the Khalil Mack-led Bears to uh, go up against this week. So, let's say scoring formats one point for every 20 passing yards, four points for a TD pass, minus two for an interception, and let's set Stafford's over under at 19 and a half at home against oh, the Bears. I'm going to go under. Going under? I'm going under. That defense going down under. Just too down nasty. Under, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, he's been bad this year. You know, and granted, he's had a, a insane schedule. It doesn't get better. It, it's It's scary. You know, I feel bad for Lions fans because they have to watch this stuff. And this is not pretty. I don't see him producing for you the rest of the season, unfortunately, even though maybe week 15 against Buffalo or week 14 against Arizona. Maybe he does something there. But, I mean, he's got some tough matchups. I don't know how you're starting them given the rest of what these, these quarterbacks have been doing. Um, yeah, I think he's going to fail you this year, this Thanksgiving. It's not going to be the all the nice big – round turkey with the stuffing inside and all the other juicy stuff around. And I feel like the poor dudes kind of got like one hand tied behind his back with just Galladay as his only big weapon at receiver. No Marvin Jones, probably no golden Tate anymore. Um, You know, 
Bruce Ellington is his number two receiver now. It's tough. So, um, you know, I, th- I think the better game might actually be the second one, uh, Redskins-Cowboys. And let's start with the player prop on that one. So through 10 games, Ezekiel Elliott has uh, – he's averaging 129.4 combined yards per game and has seven touchdowns. So 42 receptions, which works out to 4.2 game, who's in a half-point PPR format. Let's set an over-under of 18.5 fantasy points for Zeke against a pretty decent Redskins defense, over-under 18.5. No, you got to go over. I mean, he's just been on fire. He's been on fire. He's 38 in the last uh, week 10, week 11, well, 35. He's been doing what Zeke is supposed to be doing, and there's no reason for him to stop. I think he's going to... Probably get another hundred yard game for you. Yeah, and he's been used a lot in the passing game, so it's it's kind of a surprise there. As much balls as he's been catching, we kind of thought maybe coming into the year, at least I did, that Rod Smith might be used a little bit more, at least in that regard. Yeah, he is getting the Melvin Gordon type bump in the passing game, which is pretty cool if you're a Zeke owner. Um, this one has got a rock bottom over under total of forty and a half points which is interesting. So obviously they are thinking Colt McCoy is not exactly going to ignite this Washington offense, but he's playing in his home state too. Who's coming back home to Texas. He was a longhorn. I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. We might see the butt fumbler out there or something like that. I don't know. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. So yeah, after, after that low scoring, game they uh the nfl needed a lively one in the nightcap to get us through the turkey induced tryptophan haze so they're giving us a probable shootout with saints and falcons which has a massive over under of 59 points and uh for a player prop let's go with michael thomas so through 10 games 82 catches 1042 yards eight touchdowns works out to 8.2 catches a game 104.2 yards per game and 0.8 TDs per game. He gets a completely flammable Atlanta defense at home on Thanksgiving night. Once again, with half PPR scoring, let's set an over under of 21 and a half. You over under that. Uh, This is tough. This is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say he meets. So I guess over a smidgen. Yeah, that's. That is a tough one, man. I mean, he could really go off on this Atlanta defense. But then again, with the uh, you know reemergence of Traquan in Week 11, maybe he shares a little more than he has for most of the season. Are they going to be? Are they going to be home? They are going to be home. So yeah, could definitely see some Traquan um, since they're going to be home. And they, we usually that's that's kind of the typical thing, I think. When they're you know we see that speedy guy, that second you know that Ted Ginn guy, kind of doing well. So yeah, I could see him doing well again. Man, he had a what a game. <laughs> he had a some game. I'm once again being joined tonight by Hussein Shabazz, aka Who's the Prophet. He is the co-founder of SleeperWire.com and the co-host of the SleeperWire podcast. Find him on Twitter at SleeperWireHoos. That's Sleeper Wire, H-U-S. 
a little off the topic of football here, who's, I know that you have a background in music and talent management. What can you tell me oh, about man, that? Oh man, people are annoying. I could tell you that. I could tell you people don't listen. People, talented people, they're the most stubborn people. I could tell you that. Um, but no, I mean, all, all jokes aside, uh, it's, it was a great, great part of my life. It still is. I, I still manage producers now just because it's a lot easier. <laughs> producers are a lot less uh, confident, but I don't want to say confident about their less cocky about themselves. And they just kind of do the work. And uh, that's actually uh, if you listen to the the music in the in the beginning of our, our show, that's that's one of our producers. One of my producers, uh, he created that uh, the track. Uh, it's called All the Way. Uh, and currently I have a. Uh, I'm working with um, uh, Prado Prod by Chulo. He has um, two, you know, he has three records on Jay Critch. He's a rapper that's um, from New York. He just released the album. Uh, he has, uh, I think, one of his more more famous songs right now is called Peso. Um, so one of my uh, producers produced that track. Um, but yeah, it's 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 quite. Uh, some time away, I, I want to say, since I was dabbling uh, with and that talent management type of thing, it's 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 you can't you can't lead a horse, you can't make the horse drink water. I should say, yes, you can lead them to the water, but you can't make them drink. And that's about a, that's a lot to say about that because we had quite a team of people, um, you know, from we had a, a lot of brushes. We had uh, 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 Ray Charles. Uh, granddaughter, we were shooting a pilot for MTV for her, uh, right around the Ray Charles movie. This was quite some time ago. Uh, and then we also had a, a, a rock group we were working with. Their stuff is actually on iTunes, Cathavetti's good stuff. Uh, and then a, a rap group as well. Uh, we were on the verge of signing to Rockefeller Records. Then Rockefeller split up, Dame Dash and Jay Z. If you guys know that whole split, that happened right amid. <laughs> my group signing and then they broke up and then we were basically in uh, left of nothing. So, um, but you know what had all those things happen, I wouldn't have my two beautiful kids now and my beautiful wife and I wouldn't probably be on this fine show with you. So it, it, it's been quite the ride. You have a nose for volatile, unpredictable businesses, music and fantasy football. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> you don't like things. No, stable, I don't. Man. Unfortunately, I'm a Knicks fan. So, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I like pain. What could I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a rough world. A few more fantasy football topics before I let you run. Uh, so we talked about Lamar Jackson earlier and he appears to be the very definition of a run first quarterback, which would seem to really hurt the value of John Brown and Michael Crabtree. But the Ravens do have that extremely soft schedule in the weeks ahead, and Joe Flacco potentially could be back. Uh, how are you handling the Ravens wide receivers if you happen to have either John Brown or Crabtree on your roster? Uh, I think they're they're both flexes for you. I don't like to change my lineup too much. Um just because, and, and especially his schedule moving forward. I mean, he's got Oakland next week, and he's got Atlanta week thirteen. Uh, if you if he got a buy uh, in your playoffs, your first game back, he's got Tampa, you know, week fifteen. Um, so yeah, they they're 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 flexes for you. And you don't know if you're going to count so them even for with Lamar. That. 
with Lam- no, with Lamar, I don't think we're gonna see Lamar pass on game. Uh, at least I don't want to say I hope not. I just don't know how good he is for fantasy purposes, uh, other than making Gus uh, uh, look good. Other than that, yeah, these guys are all flexible. You're doing this on the ex- assumption of a Flacco, a Joe Flacco return soon. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. What about, um, so Rob Gronkowski sat out week 10 with his back injury and had a buy in week 11. So now he's had a couple of weeks of rest. Do you have any Gronk related optimism for the rest of the season? I want to because I own him on quite a few teams. But here's my thing. My my problem is less with Gronk. It's more with Brady. Um, and coming into the year, Brady was one of the, uh, the people. We had a Jason Moore on our on our show. We did a Moore and Boars with Chris Moore and Jason Moore. It was like a segment type of thing. And Tom Brady was one of my boars. He was one of my boars simply because um, coming into – well, not coming into – the end of last season, he killed you. He didn't help you. He actually made you lose your playoffs. I think he had like 12 points one game, 12 points another game. He was terrible. And, I mean, he's never even finished a top like five quarter. I don't want to say he's never, but it's been such a long time since he's finished a top quarterback that we just say Tom Brady and want to put the success there. So I believe in Gronk to be healthy, but I just don't know how good Brady is anymore. I I think he's going to have a couple good games, but we've seen so much dink and dunk from him. Um, I don't know. Or maybe he just needs a, a healthy Gronk, and then we see him emerge as a good Brady again. But I, I think he's kind of descending, yeah, and, and that's why I'm kind of off of Gronk. I'm guilty of that myself, man. It took me a long time to start adjusting Tom Brady in my weekly rankings, and even now I might be overvaluing him a bit. It really he's is. Brady. <laughs> you know, like he... At the end of the day, you want to believe in Tom Brady. He just we've seen him just over and over and over again, just just do insane things. Uh, but I don't know if the team has had to, and I don't know if he has much to prove anymore, and or if he has. I don't know. It's just so many questions, and I don't know if we're gonna, we're going to get the answers this year. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a big believer in Brady and and that whole team. Unfortunately, other than. Uh, James White, and I think I'd, I'd like to get Rex Burke. So right before the Week 11 bye, Matt Burita had 101 rushing yards and 31 receiving yards, two touchdowns against the Giants. How do you feel about him for the rest of the season? Burita is uh, RB2, uh, mid-RB2 rest of the season for me. It's not really the most exciting. Uh, I, w- I want to say RB2 hasn't been very exciting this year. Uh, running backs, I feel like every year it's it's so hard to predict running backs, and this is one reason why I stray away from drafting them so high, uh, just because there's so many that bust every year, uh, or they get hurt or something like that. It's so much things changes. So yeah, he's RB two this year, but I, I for the rest of the season, I don't think it's the most exciting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. I actually like Brita. You know, like I think solid RB2. It's going to be interesting when Jarek McKinnon comes back next year to see how that's handled, whether McKinnon is, you know, for sure uh, Shanahan's top guy or whether that's kind of a competition or whether, you know, they're going to be deployed in equal measures. Um, 
Speaking of those kind of iffy RB2s, I mean, Deion Lewis disappointed us earlier in the season, but then here's a roller coaster ride. His last four games, 19 touches, 155 total yards against the Chargers. Then 23 touches, 122 total yards, and a touchdown against the Cowboys. 22 touches, 68 total yards only against the Patriots. And then on Sunday, 11 touches and 32 total yards against the Colts. So he has kind of been all over the map the last couple of weeks. He visits the Texans Monday night. What's your take on him in that game and the rest, the rest of the season? season? Yeah, I think he's going to be fine. I'm not a huge, huge fan, but I, yeah, I think he's going to be fine the rest of the season. Uh, I do like Breda a lot, though. I mean, I, I liked him a lot coming into the season as well, even with McKinnon, just because I didn't think that they were going to use him as a full workhorse. I thought Breda uh, is a better rusher. And- even I think he even uh, versus last year he he was pretty dead even with with Carlos Hyde as far as his productivity level when they were playing I think he actually had more rushing yards per game like if on a if 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 you extrapolated he would have had more more rushing yards than Carlos Hyde so uh, Breda's an interesting back and yeah I, I think uh, yeah he's a, a, another guy that I think he's a all right, last last guy to talk about. And we got to touch on this guy because everyone was ready for the Marquez Valdez Scantling breakout last week, and he basically laid an egg in the Thursday nighter against Seattle. Uh, he ran aground. It was the Exxon Marquez. Uh, how do you feel about him going forward, Hoos? Valdez Scanting, uh, he's flex. The best, I mean, RB3, 4. I mean, sorry, RB wide receiver three or four. He still is the number two to to Rogers, so that's nice. But I just don't know how much he's trusting him. He just seems to only trust Adams. Yeah, it was that way Thursday night for sure. Yeah, and I mean that's what we've seen a lot of this season. He's only had over you know, six receptions twice this year. Granted, you know he wasn't the guy to start the season, but yeah, he's got Minnesota, Arizona. He's just got Atlanta as a good game. Uh, even though Chicago hasn't been the greatest uh, defending wideouts. And then the Jets haven't been that great either, I guess, coming into. So maybe he finishes out the year uh, again, Atlanta, week 14, week 15, Chicago, and the Jets. Yeah, I think he's going to be a decent flex for your rest of the season. Yeah, that has been a uh, kind of a roller coaster ride for people with uh, eager to grab him. A bunch of people starting him last week, you know, and now there's going to be. High anxiety, I think, in his uh, Week 12 game against the Vikings. Who's my friend? I want to thank you for joining me tonight. I know I kept you up late. Uh, it was a pleasure oh, no. and an honor. It was a pleasure, pleasure and honor to, to have me. Uh, if I could just quickly give a shout out to some of the good people at uh, Prestige Sports uh, Memorabilia. We just partnered up, uh, Sleeperwire. We just partnered up with them, and uh, we've got some good promos running with them this week. Uh, and then, yeah, check out the Sleeper Bot app. Great app. If not running season leagues on there next year, I mean, this year, you should be next year. Uh, leave ESPN, leave NFL, leave Yahoo, leave CBS. Sorry. <laughs> I, know, I know you work closely with them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's really a great format, and the community is amazing. Yeah, you, you get fantasy advice instantly, and it's all free. It's, it's amazing. Give everyone your uh, Twitter handle again, Hoos. Yes, uh, you can find me at SleeperWire Hoos. Uh, and even though Chris isn't on the show, you can find him at Prof <laughs> Chris. Uh, he really wants to be on the show, and he's he's secretly my bae, if, you know, my boo. 
even though he's married, I'm married to. I just felt like it's an appropriate show to come out and let everybody know that, you know, that's that's my bay. Um, it's mine. Uh, so yeah, other than that, yeah, <laughs> you can find us on on the app, Prophet Who's uh, and Prof uh, Chris and the rest of the guys as well. We're all over there. Who's Thanks again, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We'll talk again soon. Happy holidays, bud. Okay, people, that is going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Who's the Prophet for joining me this week. And you know how I mentioned some of the things I'm thankful for at the top of the episode? Well, I am certainly thankful for my producer, Colm Kelly. He's the finest fantasy football podcast producer in all of Ireland. And I am so grateful that Colm always has my back. Find him on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And of course, I am thankful for the friendship and partnership of my colleague and partner in crime over at thefootballgirl.com, Melissa Jacobs. Find her on Twitter at thefootballgirl. Again, I hope all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Eat, drink, and be merry. And most of all, win those Week 12 games and get yourself into the playoffs. I will be back again next week with another great guest. Until then, be good to each other. Shohei Otani hits, pitches, and trades crypto. He does it all on the platform that trades it all. FTX, the official crypto exchange of MLB. But you don't have to be a pro to trade like one. Just download the FTX app and you could be trading crypto, NFTs, and more in minutes. FTX, Shohei's in, are you?